Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the following on Cricket World Cup podcast from Talk Sport with me, John Norman. Alongside me today, I'm pleased to say Steve Harmison. England losing their first game in the World Cup. But there's no need to panic just yet, says one of two English centurions, Joe Root. I think the most important thing is that we we stay very calm. We don't waver from what we know is a very good formula for this group of players. Um, and that we, we learn quickly, which we have got a great record of doing. Um, we very rarely make the same mistakes twice. So it all went wrong today for England. Fielding mishaps, expensive bowling figures, and it coincided with a vastly improved Pakistani performance who drew upon uh, one of their forgotten heroes. Yesterday we had a meeting and we just said that uh, we, are, we are the winners, we are the champions and we can do it. It's just that it's time that we execute our plans and uh, hopefully you have seen the plans were executed really well today. Plenty to discuss today, along with a roundup from the other news from the Cricket World Cup. You're listening to Following On. So, Steve Harmison, uh, where did it all go wrong for England today? Uh, I think they can look at themselves, to be fair. They can look at themselves in the mirror and say, I wasn't at it. I wasn't quite at my best today. Probably... Joss Butler, Joe Root with the bat, uh, Moen Ali, Mark Wood with the ball. They'd say, from a, a skill set point of view, um, I did my job as best I possibly could. From the fielding, I thought the fielding was below below average. I thought it was a really, really poor performance in the field. And I think that's what's cost them the game in the end. Small margins of 14 runs winning you a one-day international. But I thought the fielding, the misfielding, you know, they're not picking it up cleanly. The drop catch of Hafiz on 14, and he goes on and gets 84. Against a side who, if you take that catch, Hafiz on 14, they don't get anywhere near 250, never mind 350, uh, because of the state of Pakistan's cricket at this moment in time. You know, devoid of confidence, can't you can't see the next win coming round, round the corner. And all of a sudden, the post of 348 score on the board. And England, apart from the two centurions, the rest of them weren't really at the races. You're right, the fielding mishaps were uh, there for all to see. There was that uh, drop by uh, Jason Roy, a terrible, terrible drop. I mean, the ball went high, but he had ages to settle under it. He even got on one knee, dropped uh, half face. And then again, 
Could have run him out. The same batsman went on 52, uh, but uh, kind of jumped over the ball whilst looking at the uh, batsman. Uh, James Vince came on and uh, immediately um, let a couple go. Uh, Owen Morgan threw down the stumps at the wrong end and was guilty of a couple of fielding errors, as was Johnny Bairstow. So uncharacteristic slip-ups there, or is that a sign of a greater problem? I hope not. I really do, John. I really hope not, because I think they've worked so hard and I think they've put so many building blocks in place in the last two two years especially to get and justified best side in the world, ranked favourites for this tournament. I hope it's, like I said before, it's a, it's a look in the mirror situation and not be too hard on themselves and say, right, the skills, the skill sets, the execution that have got us to this position, we have to get back to that quickly. We got to put this whole deal behind us and move on and get, you know, get back on the horse as quick as we can at Cardiff, because if we don't, um, the water starts seeping in. And I think if the water starts seeping in, the pressure of being favourites, the whole country behind them, World Cup in England. Um, could soon really sort of it could be gushing in and I think that would be the issue for Bayless for Morgan and for the rest of them I don't think there'll be an issue here I can see the the real England turning up in Cardiff to play against Bangladesh whether they'll have the skipper or not who knows to be honest I, I don't think the skipper could have done anything about it any more than he did Owen Morgan in this game I just thought individually when it comes to the field and they were poor and that collectively had a knock-on effect to the to the, to the a little bit into the bowling as well. It wasn't just England though, was it? Root was dropped on nine at mm. first slip. Um, uh, Safras Ahmed should have caught Moeen Ali, could have stumped him on two. Uh, Wokes was dropped at deep point, so you know it it wasn't completely the difference, but it certainly did set the tone. You mentioned Owen Morgan. Let's hear from the England captain speaking to Mike Atherton on Sky Sports following the game. You wanted a chase. You got a, a serious chase. At the halfway mark, were you concerned that it was too stiff a task? No. Um, Trembridge is a very high-scoring ground. The wicket, we felt, was very good. Um, the outfield was absolutely rapid, and we felt if we got partnerships going that 350 was certainly within our grasp. Losing early wickets is not ideal, uh, but certainly Joe and Joss kept us in the game right until the mid early 40th over um, which is great you know we, we get a considerable partnership going a little bit earlier on in the innings potentially we could have got over the line um, at, at the oval it was one of England's best ever fielding performances at least on the book on the statistics uh, was it less so here oh, massively uh, I, thought, I thought we were outfielded today uh, and it's probably the difference between the sides I don't think we our performance is going to go up and down throughout the tournament with the bat and with the ball but our fielding has to remain quite constant uh, throughout the side and I thought it was way below par today and probably cost us 15 or 20 runs. A blip then or more than that as you reflect on a first defeat for a long time chasing at home in one day international cricket? No, I don't think a blip. I, th I thought all round today we weren't actually that bad. Pakistan played well. I think throughout the tournament sides, a lot of sides will beat each other. I don't think many sides will go unbeaten. Um, so it's going to be an extremely competitive tournament. Some positives to take from today on to Cardiff against Bangladesh. So looking forward to that. So Owen Morgan's uh, speaking there and saying, as you'd expect, really, um, England were uh, below par today. Let's run through the scorecard for anyone who didn't catch all of the game. Pakistan uh, losing a what looked like an important toss. England inserting them. Safras Ahmed saying he would have bowled first as well. Got off to a decent start, though. New ball taken by uh, Jofra Archer and Chris Wokes. Would you have 
gone with that or would you have brought in Mark Wood considering uh, he actually out-bowled Jofra Archer the only time those two bowlers have played alongside each other which coincidentally was against Pakistan at Trent Bridge. Yeah, I think I'd have gone with Wood for the new ball over Archer and it's easy to say and look, hindsight's a wonderful thing and it's easy to say um, because Wood finished with figures of 2 for 50 off 10 53 off 10 and Archer had 0 for 79 off his 10 but I think I'd have gone with Wood uh, is more from the fact that I think if you're going to get any swing out of these white balls and it's an over two overs max then I think you're going to get more chance of it out of wood than you are of Archer so <clears throat> I think that one or two mile an hour extra pierce possibly but I think Wood's been every time Wood's opened a bone for England in white ball cricket he's done his job so I would have thought it was it's a bit like the Jimmy Anderson Stuart Broad thing you know Mark Wood, I think he's earned the right to keep bowling with a new ball. Um, and I thought maybe it's a little bit of a mistake for him not to not to bowl with it. But saying that, the way Archer's bowled since he's come in the team, I wouldn't have a problem with him bowling with a new ball. I just thought him and yeah, Archer and Wokes' execution um, was poor in that first seven, eight overs. Mm, I must admit, before the game, I was speaking to Russ Hargreaves and TalkSport 2, and I thought Wokes was a certainty to take the new ball, but I thought that... Woodward's accompany him. Mm. Um, anyway, the uh, the Pakistanis did put on a good first uh, innings, a first wicket partnership, was it, which was important for them when you consider they were bundled out for 105 not three days ago at this very same ground. Um, somewhat of a surprise actually when Zaman went stumped um, by Joss Butler. Good piece of work, but a, a lovely bit of bowling from Moeen Ali. Actually, for all the talk about pace, it was spin. Ali took the first three wickets to fall. Imam Al-Haq, thanks to a brilliant catch by Chris Wokes at long off. And then uh, Babar Azam. They were the first three to go. But, you know, Pakistan has scored 200 by that point. And actually, um, they they probably walked off the field, 3-4-8 for eight, feeling like they left a couple of runs out there because they, they did lose a lot of wickets, uh, five of them in the last 10 overs. Uh, but Hafiz really showing that uh, if you drop him early... He's gonna pay. He's gonna make you pay. But what impressed me about Pakistan, Steve, in this game was that they seemed to have clarity of thought. They were, and they came out with a game plan uh, to take the attack to England, and they did it with calculation. It wasn't just hit see ball, hit ball like you see from Zaman. The rest of them, you know, they saw off the the the, the good ball, but they made sure they took full advantage of anything that was uh, in their hitting up. They did. I thought they played I thought they played really well and especially with all the talk of um, Chris Wokes having fuck as a man's number at the top of the order uh, during that f- near the, the five mm. five match series. You know, the last three games he, he seemed to, to have his number just outside of stump. So it was a man played well but I think I think Babar Azam and Enmaul Hack will kick themselves the way they got out. You know, a man 44 he just chipped one up in the air. Yes, it was a good catch, but it was a it was a poor shot at the stage it was at, a stage of the game it was at when it, it, his team was about to try and kick on. And Baba exactly the same. Mm. I think he'd be disappointed the way he did, as well as England. England disappointed that the two chances of Hafiz would have, you know, they should never have had after the first chance. It was a it was a very simple chance for an international cricketer. Um, you say Jason Roy standing underneath it a long time. But I think Hafiz, Hafiz especially, uh, and uh, Salfraz showed their experience. You know, Mohamed Hafiz, 38-year-old, played a lot of one-day internationals. And I think he showed his experience and realised what an in-game score would be 
on that pitch mm. and thought, well, with this, him and uh, Mohamed Afiz and uh, Safraz probably standing there in the middle thinking, right, if we can get around 320, 340, it gives us something to bowl at and it gives us something, the chance to win. If one of us gets out, one of us does something silly, then I don't think we can defend 290. And I think that experience has probably got Pakistan into a matchroom situation of 348. Uh, three wickets for Wokes, three for Ali and two for Wood. I thought Wood bowled marvellously well, actually. Uh, Rashid, though, five overs, no maidens, naught for 43, and he took some tap. He did. I think I think Adil is a little bit of victim of familiarity playing against Pakistan, playing against the same players. Mm, that's interesting. Uh, and how well they play. How well... Uh, he, he bowled at Mohamed Afiz. Like I said before, 38-year-old, played the majority of his games in Pakistan, plays spin very, very well. The element of surprise, Adil's uh, googly, he's wronging. I think they picked it quite easily and I don't think they picked it off one game. I think they've picked it over the course of a six-week block playing against that. So I'll stick up for a deal there. I thought Morgan as well had to use his two spinners differently because Moen had to come into the party very, very early in the game because the new ball went around the park. So that, that spin tandem didn't didn't bowl as much together. So probably suffered, uh, Adil suffered from that. Um, but I'll go back to, I'll say it again, the familiarity good players of spin playing against Adil Rashid and waiting for that bad ball, knowing that it's coming and putting it away um, is what's probably cost Adil you know, bowling his full 10 overs and not being as effective as what he has been over the course of the last couple of years. So 3-4-9, the target. Of course, England chased down 340 just uh, three weeks ago at the same ground against the same opponents. But, you know, it's different now, isn't it? It's a World Cup. You know, plenty of pressure on. And, of course, the, the opposition have got their backs up as well. This Pakistani side was devoid of Mohamed Amir, uh, Wahab Riaz, and also uh, Shadab Khan on that occasion. Um, there's no familiarity. So that, and that's that's uh, the key point that you mentioned with Ali Rashid. When England came out to bat, pressure on straight away, and Jason Roy capped off uh, a day that he will never, ever look back on with much fondness. Not only uh, LBW to spin again, he was uh, he wasted a review, although I've got a feeling it was actually Bairstow who pushed him to, to use it. Whilst Bairstow was in, uh, England were on track, but it was 60 for two when he was dismissed. Morgan went soon after, and when Stokes went, 118 for four. Absolutely Pakistan's game. Then, of course, we had a partnership of 130 between Root and Butler, the first and second batsman to go past 100 in this uh, World Cup. Let's hear from Joe Root. He caught up with Guy Swindles following the game. 100 and lose. Funny old day. Yeah, it's, it's, look, it's disappointing. Um, Hard to really count it when you lose. So it's, um, I think the most important thing is that we we stay very calm. We don't waver from what we know is a very good formula for this group of players, um, and that we we learn quickly, which we have got a great record of doing. Um, we very rarely make the same mistakes twice, and um, you know, Cardiff's just a, the first opportunity to put that right. Um, it doesn't make us a bad side. I thought we played some really good stuff throughout the game. There's areas that we can definitely improve on. Um, there's probably a lot of talk about our fielding. You know, we know that we're a better side than that. We set a benchmark in the first game, so it's important that we now try and live up to that and we we repeat that as often as possible. Um, but fair play to Pakistan. You know, I, I think you've got to give them credit. They 
they got themselves to a very good score, um, regardless of how good a wicket is and how small the, the ground is. It's always you've always got to play pretty well to, to chase that down. And they took early wickets, which put us under some some pressure. Um, thought we we worked hard to get ourselves in a position to win the game. I thought Joss was outstanding. Um, uh, if he was there at the end, we would we would have been home and hosed. But um, as I said, credit to Pakistan. They they kept fighting. They kept coming back and um, you know, deserved winners in the end. Final quick word on someone else batting quite well. That was you, fifty and a hundred. Now you've started this tournament well. Uh, yeah, but as I say, uh, you've pride yourself on being there at the end and winning games of cricket, especially chasing. So as nice as it is to have, have got some runs already in the tournament, you you want them to be in a winning cause and you want to, to um, see the side home. So um, frustrating in many ways, uh, probably more so than anything else. And um, again, you know, I speak on behalf of myself when I say we've got to learn quickly and uh, make sure that find ourselves in a sim- similar position we find a way to get over the line and and be not out of the end you should celebrate yourself every day but some days you should celebrate with jewelry whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection blue nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Talk sports. Uh, Guy Swindles catching up with the uh, test captain uh, for England, Joe Root, who top scored with 107, Butler 103. While they were at the crease, it was England's game. But you knew because of the early wickets, this is the way cricket goes. One wicket was going to put pressure back on England and they were never really ahead of the run rate. No, and I think I think it was the Butler wicket. The longer Butler was there, the more chance England had to win the game. I thought... I thought they both both played fantastically well in different ways. And I think what I mean by that is any young cricketer wanting to learn how to play the game of white ball one-day cricket, well, you look at the way Joe played and you look at the way Joss played, they're completely different. You know, power in in Butler, you know, a lot more aerial shots where Joe was a lot more along the ground, touch, turn the strike over, run well, you know, holding that, that innings together. Both got valuable hundreds. Both should have been match-winning hundreds, um, but it wasn't meant to be. And I just thought the bowling, the match-winner bowler that Pakistan didn't have for that five-test, five-one-day national series, um, the the X factor. Reyes is going to go for runs. 
always going to go for runs. But when you've got bowlers that are bowling at 92, 93, 94 mile an hour, that asks different questions, different questions to batsmen. And I think this top order, England's top order, um, especially Roy, Bairstow and Morgan, not Root and Stokes, because I think they're proper test players. I think anybody that's got that little bit extra pace asks some different questions in the... It's not. It's not calling them weak, but in the in the ticket department, are they prepared to sort of you know play front back foot, wear one, seeing the ball whistle past the nose, and then confidently rock on the front foot and hit that drive down the ground or hit that ball over the top of extra cover. It's a different game when you when you add pace into it, and I think that's what you get with Wahab Riaz and Mohamed Amir. Let's hear from Wahab Riaz. He caught up with uh, the Sky Sports team following the uh, conclusion of the match. I mean, what was the talk going into today? Given what has happened with those 11 ODIs, given what happened here against the West Indies, what was said? See, after the last match, uh, everybody was very depressed, very upset. And um, uh, to be very honest, uh, we were not even talking to each other that well <laughs> because we were ashamed of what we have performed on uh, the day against the West Indies. But uh, yesterday we had a meeting and we just said that uh, we, are, we are the winners, we are the champions and we can do it. It's just that it's time that we execute our plans and uh, hopefully you have seen the plans were executed really well today. The batsman gave you a good target to bowl. I think it, um, it's, it's playing in England these days is like 300 plus wicket and I think the way the batsmen have came back because there was a lot of pressure on them getting out on, on 100 and coming back and scoring 348 was a great uh, effort from them and that really gave us a chance to bowl to the England bowlers. What pleased you the most? Some of the wickets you take today and you took three or the way you handled the pressure at the end to bowl those latter stage overs, those death overs? Uh, I'm used to bowling the, uh, the, uh, uh, in the depth. I love bowling in the depth. I don't mind going for runs. And uh, the good thing was that um, we need wicket up front. So I think after getting Johnny Bestro and uh, uh, Jason Roy, we were always in the game because they are the two most destructive batsmen England have and they can uh, win the game at their own. So we needed some good wickets, early wickets, and uh, I think Johnny Bestu wicket was one of the best I think I'll have. Well, have you seemed to yourself have very clear plans to each individual batsman? Was that a team plan or was that something you worked out yourself? See, it was, a, uh, it was the individual plan because as a bowler, it's our responsibility. As a bowling team, it's our responsibility to, do, to, uh, to bowl where we wanted to. We know where the people are good, where they can hit us, where they can go over the, uh, like over the top. So it, it was our plans. We know that where we have to bowl and it has to be our execution too. Wahabri is expensive. He went for 82, but he picked up three wickets, was on a hat-trick and was always part of the game um, and really saw Pakistan to that 14-run victory. Um, once Butler was dismissed, as Steve said, that was it. Ali really struggled to lay bat on ball. Uh, Wokes hit a couple of lusty blows, but the, the run rate uh, was escalating. And by the time Rashid and Wood saw out the last over, the game was absolutely done. Uh, where now then for England, Steve? Um, it's not as simple as back to the drawing board. I, don't, I look at England and think, well, I don't see any massive alarm and weaknesses which is going to go into the rest of the tournament thinking, ooh, I think they found him out there or ooh, I think they found him out there. I just think England have had a bad day in the field, a really bad day in the field, and that can be that can be easily rectified for me, simply easily rectified. And it's not a case of going away and working hard. Paul Collingwood, I played cricket with Paul Collingwood for 18 years. He's the best fielder. He didn't just. He was the best fielder in the game for a long part of his career. He didn't just put his boots on, go and stand at backward point and stop balls. He worked. He worked tirelessly hard to be the best fielder he possibly can. This England team works 
tirelessly hard because I know how hard, hard Paul works. This this team will work even harder to get themselves back in that position come, Car- uh, come Cardiff. I don't see that being an issue. I think batting, bowling, they've had a little bit of an off day, but they're getting 200s and lost the game. They are two lads of getting three for two for. I just think their fielding has let themselves down. I think that is so important at giving the bowlers confidence and giving a feel-good factor to the team when you're fielding well. You look at the other day against South Africa. Don't think England were at the you know at it as they have been for two years. Their fielding was magnificent, and that's why you know the, the, the little passages of play when things weren't going right for them. It just it just gives them that little bit of edge when somebody made a good stop, somebody took a good catch, there was a good run out attempt. That there just lifts the field. I've never seen any of that today, and that's what they need to change. Come Bangladesh at Cardiff. It wasn't all about England and Pakistan though today. Scott Taylor, Talksport Two. Scott Taylor has given his thoughts and looked at all the other action, uh, the uh, team news, the injury news and all the uh, accounts on Twitter ahead of tomorrow's game, uh, which you will be able to follow here on TalkSport and TalkSport 2. Hi, I'm Scott Taylor and away from England against Pakistan, this is what else is happening in the Cricket World Cup. South Africa's woes continued with a 21-run defeat to Bangladesh at the Oval. Mushfiqur Rahim and Shakib Alassan both struck half-centuries as Bangladesh recorded their highest ever ODI total, propelling them to 330 for 6 at the interval. In reply, Faf Duplessis' 62 wasn't enough as they fell just short, and the South African captain recognises that they weren't good enough and says they must believe they can still win the entire tournament. I have to believe that. Um, I won't be South African if I said no. So as a team, we know. We know we're not good enough at the moment and we have to turn it around. It's not like international cricket is about there you go, there's a win for you. And um, yeah, we have to. We don't have a choice. We won't be going back and just falling over, I can promise you that. Well, that's two defeats from two to start the World Cup campaign for South Africa. Realistically, they will need to win six of the last seven games to even qualify for the semi-finals. Next up for them, only the small matter of one of the tournament favourites, India, on Wednesday. Well, as for Bangladesh, they won a tri-series against the West Indies and Ireland before this tournament. And since 2016, they've beaten England, Pakistan, New Zealand and Sri Lanka. So does captain Mushrafa Mortaza think this is their best ever performance? Not really. We played well a few, few matches, you know, um, uh, 2000, can, talking about 2007, 2011, we played well a uh, few matches. Especially if you are talking about the specific match, I don't think so. It's the best one. Um, but again, I I thought one of the best performance it was, and and uh, we love to play that the way we play today. Let's look at the social media reaction to this, and our very own Jared Timber writes: South Africa beat Bangladesh in Dhaka by over 200 runs in 2011, rolling them for 78. In the eight years since that, they've played 119 more ODIs. In the last four years, they've won more than half of them. They've just beaten South Africa in England. When you let teams play, they improve. All teams since Australia and England have started as minnows and associates. This isn't new. Cricket has always grown this way. Well, next up for the ever-improving Tigers. They return to the Oval when they face New Zealand on Wednesday, while South Africa, as I mentioned, face India on the same day. Well, looking ahead to Tuesday's action now in both Sri Lanka and Afghanistan are searching for their first wins of the Cricket World Cup. Afghanistan suffered a seven-wicket defeat to Australia, 
while Sri Lanka fell to that 10-wicket thrashing at the hands of New Zealand on Saturday. Ahead of this one, experienced seamer Lassiv Malinga says his side cannot afford to lose in Cardiff. We need to must win game this year. We need to, in the competition, we need to must win game tomorrow. We try our best uh, in uh, accuracy and uh, tactically everything we have to be there tomorrow. Well, losing's become a habit, unfortunately, for the Sri Lankans, winning just one of their last 12 games heading into this one, including a series defeat to South Africa. They'll be low on confidence, and that's something that Afghanistan captain Golbadin Naib is looking forward to taking advantage of. Two years they're struggling in the one-day one matches, so yeah, we have opportunity to to do well against them. It's also a good team, Sri Lankan. We cannot take easy, so we can try to to first we especially for the better. So we, if we played. 50 hours, so maybe it is difficult for them. So who'll secure their first win of the 2019 Cricket World Cup? Will it be Sri Lanka or will it be Afghanistan? Be sure to listen to Tuesday's following on podcast while they'll reflect on that game and look ahead to Wednesday's games, India against South Africa and New Zealand against Bangladesh. Scott Taylor looking at uh, all the other action and the news as uh, the uh, World Cup continues at some pace with a uh, surprising win for Pakistan over England. Uh, Plenty of cricket still to come, though, uh, uh, Steve, with uh, India set to actually play a game in this uh, tournament uh, in the next couple of days. Um, Bit of a surprise that uh, they've left it so late, but it's something to do with the IPL finishing and them needing to have a a proper break. But uh, we've got some uh, interesting games coming up in the next couple of days. Afghanistan against Sri Lanka. Uh, You'd have to say a lot of people's money will be on Afghanistan. I would I'd definitely, I would definitely be putting my money on Afghanistan, but I was definitely putting my, my money on England in this game. So you just don't know what's going to happen. And I think it's brilliant. I think there's some teams in this in this competition who can beat everybody, and in Afghanistan, get runs on the board. They've got two fantastic spinners in Majib and um, in Rashid Khan, and they'll back themselves to defend anything. Um, and then South Africa, India on Wednesday. Neil Manthorpe and yourself will be back for the following on World Cup podcast following that game. But you've got to you've got to think, Steve. If South Africa lose that, their chances of making the semi-finals have almost disappeared. Yeah, they they have. And I, I have a good friend of mine, a really good friend of mine, Neil McKenzie, who's a batting coach at um, Bangladesh, and I seen him on the balcony the other day, nearing the end of the game, and uh, he must have been thinking, oh my God, oh Lord, I'm not going to get back into South Africa here, because <laughs> that's two from two, and I think three from three, my old mate Gibbo, unfortunately, uh, they will be staring down the barrel. If they get to the semi-final, they'll have a great chance of winning it, because they'll have to win probably the last six games if they lose against India. Well, plenty to uh, to keep us entertained. Steve, thanks for your time. Really good listening to uh, you and Dan Windle as well. Following play every time England play between 7 and 8 on TalkSport 2. Uh, World Cup phone-in with Steve Harmison and Dan Windle. But uh, that brings us to the end of today's podcast. We will, we will be back on Wednesday. Neil Manthorpe and Harmy looking back at South Africa against India. So join us for that. And if you uh, don't want to miss an episode, be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app so see you on Wednesday when India finally get their World Cup campaign up and running planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quinn's 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.